You're listening to the Platsky Corner, your podcast on the Capital Region sports news and interviews. Welcome into episode two of the Palatsky Corner. Jason Palatsky and Joey joining you this evening for episode two, the Zach By interview. Joe, how are we doing this evening? Great. We have a great interview on tap for all the listeners today. Um, Adam Zabrowski set the bar real high in terms of length and quality. But damn, Zach By has got some great messages for all the listeners today. A lot of great stories to go along with it as well. Really looking forward to that interview. And a lot of stuff happened in the Albany sports scene as well. We got some nationally ranked teams. We got some new teams, a lot of stuff happening since we last talked on episode one. Yeah, it's been a few weeks since we talked on episode one, the Adam Zabrowski interview episode, but uh, definitely some great news happening around the Capital region. And uh, we'll begin the Around the Five segment with the Albany Firewolves, uh, the new National Lacrosse League team coming to the Times Union Center this winter. And uh, they've kicked off their season with their uniform and schedule releases. The Maroon Home, the White Aways. Uh, Joe, what do you think about the uh, first uniforms for the Firewolves rebrand, I would say, as they've come from New England? The the whites are all right. The maroon on the white is a lot. I like the white and gold. If they just stuck with the white and gold, I'd really like it. I understand it's the Firewolves. It's fire. You need red on there. Maroon on white, I, I'm not loving it. Um, I'm also looking at the their away jerseys. Those are just Florida State jerseys. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> but with the maroon and the gold, I, I've never really liked that look a whole lot especially when it's inside and you don't really have any sun on it. I feel like it's going to be a little weird. Um, also, looking a little closer at this, I don't know if if this is just my eyes or if you have this picture up in front of you too, Jason, but um, I'm looking on on the uh, Firewolves Twitter right now um, with the pictures. I don't know if you have this in front of you, but on the white jerseys, it looks like the red on the back is brighter than the red on the front. I don't know if that's just a flat. I don't know if that's just a flash of the camera or what that is. But if, if it's two different colors, it's it's not great. It's not professional. Um, the maroon on the white's very interesting, and I, I can I can rock with though. I've always liked white jerseys, white shorts, white cleats. It's one of the cleanest looks in sports. But maroon and gold, I don't know, Jay. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I like the whites too. I'm a big fan of the whites. Um, the, the maroons I'm not such a big fan of. I don't know if it's just the color as as kind of a main color in a u- uniform that I'm not such a big fan of. But um, the the it is a little bit interesting too. I think with with the logo just being like the wolf on the front of the jersey is is a little interesting to me. I like the Albany Firewolves on the front of the away uniforms, but I think that there it's a pretty solid start. Um, I mean, this team has had some uh, kind of issues with the original logo having to be scrapped because of the Stony Brook resemblance and uh, Stony Brook making a couple calls to the Firewolves uh, front office regarding that. But I would say these are pretty solid. I really like the numbers, especially the black numbers on the maroon for the home uniforms. I think those are great. And the uh, the gold outline makes it a, a great little touch there, but pretty solid. Uh, I think the helmets are nice too. Um, but I'm really interesting, really interested to see how, uh, a team full of these guys comes out looking uh, in December. And uh, really, I'm just more interested to see how the product's going to be. Because uh, I think, or now, no matter how bad the uniforms are, you know, playing 10 times better than how the, your uniforms may look, then I think people are going to forget about, you know, the uniforms, no matter, you know, how good or bad they may be. Yeah, but I mean, I think if you come out with with hot uniforms, it's, it's a whole game changer. I think right out of the gate, you got some momentum suiting up first game 
feeling confident in the way you're looking and you know people are it's going to be eye-catching and some of these jerseys i don't know i'm looking at it again the the white jersey i don't love it looks like the same helmet for the home and the away jerseys i'm not sure if they just didn't have it in the budget to get different ones but i feel like it's a missed opportunity to go white helmet white jersey white shorts white socks white white uh white turfs uh, that's just one of my favorite looks and i think it's just a missed opportunity the dark red's kind of crazy but i'm sure they'll grow on me with time and i'm with you it's kind of it's a little interesting they have albany firewolves on the white and the maroons just the logo yeah and i think maybe it just may have to do with something with the representation with the maroons being the home maybe you don't really need to say where you're from or the, the firewolves because you know obviously i think the, those in attendance at home games will know who they're coming out to see but uh, I think they're they're pretty solid overall. I think overall I might give them a a six point two out of ten if if I had to give it a grade. Um, but you know, like I said, I'm just interested to see how this team will look. And I've I've seen a bunch of pictures and videos. I haven't seen very many cleats, so I think that could be a huge game changer and uh, the overall put together piece of the uniform. Because you know, I think nowadays cleats play a, a huge role in just kind of the whole look of, a, of and feel of a uniform, but. We'll see how they look uh, once again coming up in, in this winter. And uh, I'm just excited to uh, kind of see some lacrosse back to the TU. Yeah, AFW on the shorts is definitely a little interesting, interesting abbreviation. But anyways, that's enough uniform talk for this episode, Jay. Let's get here um, a little more about the Firewolves. So the maroon home, the white away. If you go to the Times Union Center, catch the Firewolves game, you'll see them in those maroon jerseys, uh, for better, for worse. 18 game schedule, nine home, nine away. Over 22 regular season weeks. So the opener is going to be December 4th, Tyler Morris's birthday. Shout out to uh, shout out to T-Money. Uh, Tyler. Um, going to be north of the border up in Toronto. Home opener is going to be at the TU versus Rochester on uh, uh, December 18th. Um, and then also February 5th and February 19th versus Georgia. Jay, who's on that Georgia team? Uh, the, the Lyle and Miles Thompson brothers. I'd say they've, they've done some good things for lacrosse in the capital region. Yeah, and then March 5th, you're going to have more U Albany talent coming in with Connor Fields and Tahoka Nanakoke on March 5th against Buffalo. And then April 16th versus Philadelphia, April 30th is going to be the last regular season game versus the New York Riptide as well. Yeah. So some key dates that you pointed out there, Joe. Um, and you, like you said, there were nine home games and we just listed six of them that are home that you could possibly call marquee games. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. I think this team is coming in with a lot of hype. You know, lacrosse has really taken off in the capital district here over the last few years. Uh, like we talked about a little bit earlier in episode zero with uh, the PLL and uh, a lot of returnees and guys that, you know, you Albany fans and lacrosse fans in the local area will know uh, the Thompson brothers, obviously Connor field, so Coke, blaze Reardon coming in with Philadelphia in April. And uh, the fire Rose are also going to have Kyle McClancy, who was a nice little piece a uh, great midfielder who's going to play transition for the Firewolves um, in online home games. So we'll see how they draw and, and attendance numbers, how they look and, and how full the, full the times union center will get, but uh, definitely some big games. You know, this is not an expansion team either, which is something I want to point out. Uh, even though this team is spending their first year in Albany, they've uh, moved from new England. So this isn't a team full of a bunch of new guys uh, who have come from a bunch of different places, a bunch of different teams, and they're trying to build something. There should be some com camaraderie and some uh, familiarness with each other when they take the field. So uh, hopefully they'll come out and they'll compete right away. And lots of great opponents, great names that Albany Firewolves fans 
and lacrosse fans in general are recognized when they come visit Times Union Center throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, we're about two months away from opening day. It's going to be pretty easy for the Times Union Center to sell some tickets. If you're in the if you're in the Albany area, that there's going to be if you're in the Albany area and you're a lacrosse fan, and especially, I mean, if you're a lacrosse fan in Albany, you're a U Albany lacrosse fan, probably. I'd say it's probably a pretty good shot. You at least have an eye on them. They're they've been historically a very solid program, but with all these guys coming back, it's going to, these tickets are going to sell themselves. You come back and instead of just, you know, it's this random lacrosse team at the Times Union Center, you can go watch these, you know, your random guys versus the random guys from the other city. It's, it's not that at all. It's going to be, if anything, they might have to worry a little bit about fans rooting for the visiting team with, with all these UA guys coming back. But I think the tickets are going to sell pretty easily. Um, you know, Jay, I know you're a lacrosse fan in Albany, so I'm, I'm sure you got a lot of these games marked on your schedule. Competing against Siena is going to be a little tough in terms of trying to compete with um, with already established teams and already established sports. But I think in terms of keeping the lacrosse fan base in Albany and keeping them coming out to these games, I think it'll be pretty easy for the Firewolves. Yeah, and, and kind of, you know, taking that short-term success and building it long-term, it's going to be interesting. Like you said, you know, the Times Union Center, that's the marquee place for, you know, a home team to play in the Albany region, I would say. Maybe second to Bob Ford Field, Tom and Mary Casey Stadium. That's become a great area as well. But, you know, the Times Union Center, you know, when that place is full and rocking and cheering on the home team, it gets loud. And that is a fun place to play. So uh, we'll have to see how this team does short term, try to build some long term success and try to get the fans coming out. Um, But they're off to, you know, what should be a great start this year. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see how they perform uh, throughout these 18 game schedule. Jay, do you think they're going to open up the, the top level to you? Or are they going to keep those curtained off? From what I've heard, I, I believe they are, um, at least at the beginning. And, and we'll see how attendance goes and how the team performs. But, I mean, I, I would expect it to. Um, I, I think it just opens it up a little more. You can you know, bring some more fans in, you know, maybe try to, you know, have the, the middle of the field packed on the top level a bit, little bit more because, you know, some people prefer those seats compared to the corners on the first level. But uh, it should be interesting to see how they draw. I mean, I, I think lacrosse is definitely, you know, taken off here in the capital region. And, you know, there are some good reasons why this team has now transitioned and moved to Albany. Um, and it's definitely not for, you know, any lack of uh, passion for the game that the 5 winning has shown throughout these last few years. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the attendance figures that Albany lacrosse can do just in terms of the PLL with the amount of heads that went out to Tom and Mary, uh, what, Tom and Mary Casey Stadium at, Yep, Bob Ford Field at Tom and Mary Casey Stadium. Shout still out Coach getting, Ford. Still getting the hang of that one. But um, speaking of that field, that's a, a very easy segue into U Albany football here. Um, they've gone 0 from 0 and 2 when we talked about them on episode one to now 0 and 4. Um, I have I didn't listen back to it, but I'm decently sure we both said that it was it was a good chance of that happening. Um, they lined up Syracuse in week three, went into the Carrier Dome, lost 62 to 24, and Syracuse is not great this year. They haven't played any real solid opponents, but they're three and two right now. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a program with a winning record. Um, then a 20 to 15 loss at Delaware. So tough couple days here for the, uh, or t- tough couple games for you Albany football now at zero and four uh, quickly about Syracuse seemed like they were just overmatched. They really couldn't get any momentum going offensively. And, uh, and the UA defense was really just no match for the Syracuse offense seemed like 62 points. They were just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and that was really just the thing with Syracuse is that, you know, even though this isn't a, a program that hasn't had a ton of success on really any sort of level for a long time in, in their football program, it's just a matter of the Danes being outmatched. 
Um, obviously going up against a team that, you know, recruits not only division one players, but ACC power five guys. It, it was just, I mean, I think you Albany, you know, may have gone in with some, some higher hopes than, than a 62, you know, point allowance to the opponents, but, um, you know, just overmatched offense line, just really didn't stand a chance. Uh, Jeff Underculford didn't have a lot of time to throw and Carl Morford got hurt in the first half. So you all, didn't have much going for them against Syracuse, but, um, you know, they try to try to put that one behind them. Uh, you know, you, you, you move on from that and try to focus on the remainder of your schedule. Um, which they kind of struggled with this past week against Delaware. You know, they had the bye week. Um, it was a little bit of a different story. You know, the offense had, you know, solid first two drives, but they both stalled out at the Delaware 28 and they only got a pair of field goals and, um, and they're coming, coming to hurt them. Uh, the defense played well, kept the game close, but you know, the offense uh, had to punt six straight possessions um, before they kicked the field goal and scored a TD in their last two, but uh, too little too late. They suffered a 20 to 16 loss against a number nine ranked blue Hens team. And uh, you know, just try to move forward with the schedule and, and get the tables to turn here. Yeah, it seemed like the bye week was going to help the, the U Albany football team, especially right out of the gate. It seemed like it certainly helped the defense holding Delaware to 20 points. But one week you have the offense show up decently well and the defense doesn't show up. You go on the bye week and the next week the offense doesn't show up, but the defense shows up. So it seems like it's just a matter of time until both units show up on the same day and Danes maybe get a win and looking ahead, they're going to take on three and one William and Mary pick to finish 11th in the preseason CAA poll. Um, they're also receiving vote, votes in the rankings. Yeah. And, and this is an interesting matchup coming up for the Danes. Um, William and Mary is three and one, like you just mentioned, Joe, and they have received votes in the rankings, but you kind of, you know, take a look at their schedule a little bit deeper. They lost to Virginia to begin the season. They were shut out by Virginia, which, you know, you, you expect a power five program. They beat one and four Lafayette. Two and three Colgate, who was picked to finish last in the Patriot, and two and three Elon, who was picked to finish last in the CAA. So, this William and Mary team, while they they were picked to finish eleventh, second to last, and they've gotten off to a three and one start. If if you're Greg Atuso, you know now you're you're I think you're trying to get on your boys. And you're saying, hey, this is one we need to get. We need to turn the tables around. We need to pick up a one here because it's zero and four, and you know maybe this season might be too late to salvage for a playoff run and hopefully an NCAA tournament bid, but this is an opportunity to go down to Virginia, go down to William and William and Mary, pick up a win and uh, try to get the, the legs moving in the right direction. Uh, even though they might be three and one, you Albany was picked to finish eighth William and Mary 11th. And you Albany has, has gotten, like you said, moving in the right direction with their offense and their defense. Uh, and now it's time to put the pieces together and, and put one in the one column. Yeah. It seems like really, there's just no idea what to expect out of William and Mary in terms of results. Like you said, you lose to a, a power five school you, and then you beat three teams with losing records. And two of those three were picked to finish last in their conference. So we'll see what William and Mary brings out Saturday, but the Danes looking to, uh, to move to one and four, get their first win on the season. But speaking of Albany football and college football in Albany, if you want to talk very rock solid teams, RPI football five and zero for the second time in three seasons, they're, Ranked nationally in the D3 top 25 for the first time this year. They're playing very good football over there. Their defense has been solid, and they're, um, they, they've showed they can really score the football. They averaged 34 points per game the last three games, and the defense has only allowed 39 points. So RPI football, it's these. this is a team with two units that are clicking at the same time. UA, we just talked about how the defense click, or the offense click, and then the defense. But RPI football, 5-0. and everything's clicking for them right now over at uh over at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Yeah, exactly, Joe. What I was just going to say is, 
you know, we just talked about you Albany who, you know, have kind of been going back and forth with their offense and their defense and then their offense showing up and then their defense, but RPI has gotten both, uh, both sides of the football, you know, working early on early this season. Uh, they have put in a lot of work in the off season and really wanted to come out this season and, and turn some heads and really perform uh, taking the canceled season from last year and, you know, really trying to use that to their advantage. And they have, they're five and zero. Um, like you said, uh, you know, their defense has been rock solid through all five games. Their offense has been great. Um, really clicking these last few weeks over 34 points per games. And uh, they've been led by one of our guys, George Marinopoulos, who you know, we've given, given a couple of shout outs to. Uh, he's now been named the, the Liberty League Offensive Performer of the Week the last two weeks. And he's thrown for almost 1,300 yards with 16 TDs in only five games. So, you know, George, you know, taking his experience, being a, a grad student, being a leader of that offense, um, and they have a great receiving corpse around him. And uh doesn't hurt to have a, a complimentary defense on the other side of the ball to uh, shut down your opponents when your offense is uh, kind of taken off. Yeah, and these two units are complementing each other pretty well, right? It seems like the offense is giving the defense plenty of room for error, and then the defense turns around and gives the offense plenty of room for error. But both units just keep showing up and on, on route to 5-0 and oh right now. Yeah, and, and not even like you need those rooms for error. I mean, you know, offense hasn't turned the ball over much. Defense is getting turnovers. Uh, the offense has been having long drives to let their defense, you know, rest up, get off the field. Um, and they've really been dominating time of possession through these first few games as well. So uh, that's been huge for RPI. You know, you just kind of, you know, hope you keep doing the right things and, you know, keep trending in the right direction. And, uh, you know, they host Buffalo State, who's 0-4 this Saturday. And, you know, it's a, a great opportunity to go 6-0 and and, uh, you know, really head into the second half of the season with a big win and uh, keep trending in the right direction, really. Yeah, Jay, not just 6-0, and but we're also talking about an 0-4 Buffalo State team. It seems like if, if they just blow the doors off this team, they got a chance to slide up in the top 25 rankings. And moving over to the other D3 football team in Albany, let's talk about Union here. They've improved to 5-0 and on the season, another undefeated program here, and they're up to number 12 in the polls as well. They're a team that, uh, you know, they have another powerful offense. And while RPI, you know, has really relied on the passing game, um, they have an excellent uh, kind of dual pronged attack. They throw the ball really well. Will Bellamy is off to a great start as well behind center. Um, and they have a three-headed running attack of Ike Araber, Michael Fiore, and Jonathan Anderson. Uh, Fiore's missed the last couple games, so Araber and Anderson has really kind of taken on the brunt of things. But, man, have they performed. And uh, it's it's tough. You know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, this is a team that can throw on all downs. They can run on all downs. They have running backs that they can give it to. They have uh, tremendous receivers as well. Um, and this is a team that, you know, like you said, is up to number 12 in the polls. So uh, they've obviously, you know, made a lot of noise. They were in the top 25 to begin the season. So this isn't necessarily all that unexpected of them. But, man, when you can go 5-0 and the way they've gone and uh, really put on some dominating performances in their first few games, uh, you have to feel really good about where they are as well after the first uh, handful of games. Yeah, and also just for some context, Union football beat Buffalo State 30-17. to That's RPI's Week 6 opponent. So RPI looking to knock off Buffalo State and state six, or move to 6-0. And Union football also, you know, looking real good. They're going to host St. Saint, Saint Lawrence at 1 this upcoming Saturday. And really solid, like you said, Union with the running attack and RPI with the passing game as well. Yeah, and it's this. you speak about a game that's going on this Saturday, Joe, uh, when Union hosts St. Lawrence. I put a little note in here. It says, take the over in this game. Uh, two powerful offenses, two teams that, you know, I mean, they have respectable defenses, but I would imagine that the offenses are going to go out and, and they're going to go blow for blow. So um, 
not expected to be a great weather weekend here in the Capital District, but I think if you have the opportunity, uh, maybe head out to Union College, see, see a great offensive game. And, uh, man, you know, this Union team, when, when you when you can speak of a team, no matter what, at what level, being in the top 10, top 12 teams in the nation, uh, they have an opportunity to really have a special season and, uh, you know, continue with this Saturday with uh, what should be uh, uh, an offensive explosion game against St. Lawrence. Yeah, Jay, you talk about the the bad weather coming up here in the Capital Region. You know where the weather doesn't matter? Inside. Inside ice rinks, to be specific. RPI and Union hockey seasons beginning this weekend. RPI hosts Bowling Green, and Union's going to go to New Hampshire. Teams were predicted to finish tied in, in eighth in the ECAC out of 12. So a little surprising there for a couple teams that are uh, historically pretty solid. Um, Dave Smith begins his fourth year at RPI. They've improved each season under his guidance, and they had their first winning season under him last year in 2019-2020 as well. So RPI seems to be trending upwards a little bit. They're going to bring back Tour Linden, uh, the third leading scorer for RPI. He had six goals, 15 assists, and 21 points. And senior Adavil Lapanen, four goals, 10 assists, 14 points. So it seems like a couple of biggest big passers, biggest sisters coming back for the engineers. And also going to be bringing in Dartmouth grad transfer, Shane Seller, 16 goals, 24 assists, and 40 points in 94 games in three seasons. And he had 11 points in six games against RPI and seven in three games at Houston Fieldhouse. So a lot of players to watch for RPI. It seems like their passers are there. Just going to see have to see if any primary goal scorers step up for the engineers this year. Yeah, and, and, and RPI trending in the right direction, like you said. Uh, Coach Smith has now been uh, RPI for three seasons, and they've improved each year. Um, they had their first winning season under him in their last season in 2019 and 2020, and uh, we'll have to see how they perform this year. Uh, they don't return much scoring-wise. Uh, Linden is a, a pretty good player in his own right, you know, with 21 points, um, being the third-leading scorer for RPI a couple of seasons ago. Um, and he's a tremendous, tremendous center iceman, at least at, at this level. Um, and Lepinen is a, another great uh, veteran guy that they're going to rely on. And Sellers should be a great add. Um, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, has performed at the collegiate level. And uh, he's had 11 points in six games against RPI. And uh, he had seven points in three games at Houston Fieldhouse. So I think uh, Coach Smith is going to be a little bit more excited to see him in his colors rather than the uh, Dartmouth green and black on the other side. And uh, this is a guy that has a track record performing, you know, at least against RPI and, and at the home rink. So, you know, I think those, you know, hopefully point in the right directions and uh, hopefully some trends that will continue for the engineers this upcoming season. You know, let's go over to Messer rink. Talk about those union players to watch Gabriel Seeger, seven goals, 15 assists, 22 points. Their second leading scorer and junior defenseman Dylan Anhorn, six goals, 10 assists, 16 points. Their third leading scorer. And first year, Colin Ferguson, a skilled left D, a skilled left shot D man who Union will look to count on in all situations. So bringing back two of your top three scores from last year, Jay, definitely doesn't hurt you. Yeah, and and Ferguson was a guy that I put in those uh, three players to watch because uh, you know RPI has that uh, guy in Seller who's going to be a grad transfer and should make an immediate impact. But Ferguson's another guy. Uh, I think if you're a Union fan or a local collegiate hockey fan at all, you have to really look for him to be a guy that you know. Like you said, it's going to play in all situations for them. Uh, should get some power play time, some penalty kill time. He's obviously going to play even strength as well. Um, it will be interesting to see the the kind of uh, expectations and the performance that he has this year. Uh, they have a veteran defenseman group over at Union with Anhorn and uh, Dylan S or Brandon Estes, and uh, Ferguson should be a guy that should be right behind those guys. Uh, he should play in all situations, and uh, it will be interesting to see what he brings to them 
because uh, Seager uh, is their leading scorer as a forward. And then Anhorn, obviously, a couple seasons ago, uh, well, technically a couple years ago, but the last season was a guy that performed really well on the offensive side from, from the blue line. So we'll see what Ferguson does. Um, but ultimately, overall, this team just needs goals. Uh, last season in 2019-2020, they scored only 67 total, their lowest since before even I was born, back in 1998-1999. So they have to put the puck in the net. That's obviously the goal in all these games, and uh, we'll have to just kind of figure out where it comes from this season. Yeah, we'll see if uh, how Union RPI fare this upcoming season. You know, I'm not sure, Jay, actually, are they gonna are they going to be having fans this year? Union will, RPI uh, has not. Not for any sports, RPI will not. But uh, Messer Rink, they, they, they're they selling tickets. Uh, they had a good turnout, um, I believe it was last weekend, when RPI played Union in the exhibition over there. And uh, I'll not, even from where I am in uh, the eastern side of the Albany region, I'll definitely still be making the trek to, to catch some collegiate hockey over there at Mesa. Uh, maybe not this weekend, obviously, but uh, next, next weekend. Yeah, so hockey beginning this season, both RPI and Union, RPI at home. Um, so Jay, unfortunately for you, there, there's no games for you to go to this weekend. RPI, uh, you know, at home with no fans and Union on the road. But maybe next weekend we'll see all those schedules line up there. But new segment, Jay. Good things that happen. You uh, you can explain it. This segment was your idea. Um, you did the majority of today's rundown. So tell tell the listeners uh, good things that happen. Talk to me. What do we got? Yeah. So good things that happen. You know, obviously no matter what time of the year it is in the capital region, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of teams playing. There's a lot of sports, um, a lot of teams in season, no matter what level it may be. And so while we would absolutely love to spend a few minutes on every single team that plays for every single school at every single level, we just can't do it. But, you know, we, we want to take a little bit of time out of each episode or every couple episodes maybe, and uh, talk about some good things that have happened around the capital district, try to point out those players or those teams that have a, uh, you know, done some good things recently. And uh, I think we're off to a, a good start for the good things that happened here in this segment. Yeah, Jay, you mentioned, um, you know, th- there's plenty of teams in Albany at, at lots of different levels, and it's hard to get everything in in, in our weekly episodes. Um, you know, we'd really love to talk about uh, not just the local teams, but also the athletes from Albany and where they are in college. Now we have our master sheet of all of these athletes and they're where they are at school and the sports they've played, but we just don't have time in every episode to get to it. So, um, but good things that happened, uh, RPI soccer junior forward, Josh Godiano named ECAC player of the month, led the engineers in goals, points, and shots with four goals, nine points and 21 shots. Also had two game winning goals in September and RPI is off to a seven, one and two start and they're nationally ranked as well. So the engineers just, nationally ranked in everything right now over at uh over at rpi yeah the football and men's soccer teams now cracking the top 25 and uh guardiano has been a guy that has performed for them over the last few seasons and he was uh, expected to come in this year lead the way offensively he's obviously doing that and uh you know hard to be off to a better start than there at seven one and two uh, look to keep the train rolling here into the uh kind of waning months of the uh, fall season as the weather starts to cool a little bit here in albany and uh fall leaves start to turn yeah uh so next up another soccer team here in albany st rose women's soccer off to another great start eight oh and one and they're number 10 in the most recent u.s coaches national poll and for a program that's had a lot of success in the last decade over at st rose they're led by a freshman mia clammer yeah clammer's coming to this program and she's you know obviously made her mark 
Uh, Northeast 10 high, 16 points in only nine games. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter how, you know, how old you are, how much experience you have at that level, you know, but even it makes it just even more oppressive for a freshman to come in, you know, have that success. And St. Rose is a team that has had, you know, a lot of success, like you said, over the last decade, Joe, they won that national title about 10 years ago. Um, but they were up to number three as most recently as a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they slipped back to number 10 just because I think they had like a, a, a week where they didn't play. So they, you know, obviously couldn't do much to help themselves. But, you know, this is a team that is one of the best teams in the country consistently. They've proven it again this year and uh, they are off to a great start. And it's awesome to see uh, a freshman leading away and having such great success so early on, not only in her season, but her collegiate career. Yeah, Jay, actually, I'm reading this article here right now um, about Mia Clammer. The St. Rose, this is from the Times Union. The St. Rose women's soccer team is keeping the memory of the national championship win 10 years ago alive. Day to day, the team tries to cultivate the short memory span of a goldfish. We have a saying called be a goldfish. So basically forget about the last moment or your last mistake and just move on and push forward. Sophomore forward slash midfielder Jen Bartlett said, be a goldfish, Jay. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. And shout out to Jen Bartlett. She's one of the leading scorers as well for that St. Rose team. and grad. So we love that on our show. And uh, yeah, they haven't seemed to be making a lot of mistakes. So I'm not sure exactly what that, that quote is about. But hey, over 90 minutes of a soccer game, I'm sure they come. And, uh, you know, they've definitely capitalized on those mistakes. I would say definitely, you know, making things a little bit better when you're 8-0-1. Yeah, Jay, the St. Rose team, the, the Be a Goldfish motto seems a little interesting with, you know, how much success they've had, not only in history, but also this year. But, you know, whatever works for you, if, if forgetting that last play, whether it be good or bad, makes you focus on the, the current play even more so than so be it. Um, so that's going to wrap up good things that happened first ever. Uh, shout out to Josh Godiano and the St. Rose team, along with Mia Clammer, uh, first nominees ever. So uh, clap it up in the gallery, all the listeners out there listening. Um, yeah, and uh, not sure if they're going to have anything coming their way, but a uh, couple of hat tips, a couple, uh, you know, a couple toasts, and uh, we'll say congratulations. And uh, we'll move on to uh, the backstory here for our tremendous interview that we had with Zach Bott. Jay, the backstory with Zach Bai. Where do we even start with this? What was it? Probably since we were, what, 11, 12, 13 years old, somewhere around there. Um, so Jay was in high school and I was in middle school. And then later in Jay's later high school years, and my earlier high school years, um, we shadow around Roger Weiland and Zach Bai and Ashley Miller with with ESPN Radio and and uh, News Channel 13. And Jason was in the press box with them and uh, sideline at UAlbany basketball games and I was shadowing, shadowing Ashley Miller around a little bit uh, on the sidelines for you, Albany football games. But um, they've been nothing but the best to us, all three of them. Um, we just uh, went with Zach for this interview with, with his journey and being out in Denver now and being local born and all that things. But Zach's just the best, man. He's, he's ex I mean, in the nicest way possible, he's the exact same guy he was 10 years ago. He hasn't, he's climbed up the ladder and he's developed as a person, obviously, and you can tell his maturity just shines through in some of the messages and the stories he shares. But at the core of it, he's still the same, just solid dude that he's been since he graduated at Scotia. And I know personally for me, um, being out in my third year at Oswego now, looking back on my childhood, I know he was one of the one of the guys that really got me into sports broadcasting. And I, I know for sure, like one of the reasons you and I, Jason, are doing this 
Kalatsky corner is being able to interview all these people who, when we were younger, it would have been like, that'd be really cool to listen to those interviews. So let's hope there's, you know, some kids out there, some younger kids in Albany, some aspiring sports broadcasters is going to listen to this interview and look at Zach and just hope he can do the same thing for, for them as he's done for us really. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to follow that up Joe. Cause those are some incredible sentiments that you gave to Zach, but you, I think you really nailed it all around in the, you know, like Zach said early in the interview, you know, it, he said it was great to see our faces. He's, you know, seen us since we were like nine years old. Um, but that was us, you know, growing up, we went to Albany uh, athletics, you know, we went to football, men's basketball, women's basketball, you know, we went to some baseball, lacrosse games. I mean, you know, Albany athletics was a huge part of our childhood growing up. And then, you know, after, you know, I stopped playing and realized that, Hey, I'm probably not going to be a professional athlete. Um, I thought about, you know, what's the closest way for me to be, you know, associated with, with sports in general. And uh, first of all, it came to mind for me, you know, was coaching. Um, and I'm like, Oh, um, I'm probably not going to be a coach. I love sports, you know, kind of in general, I don't, you know, really want to have one I follow specifically. And I thought what was next. And, uh, that was broadcasting. That was being a commentator and, uh, you know, Roger, you know, and Zach, they've been huge cultivators of that, you know, coming out in me. Um, I was, you know, super lucky to follow them, um, for a number of years, you know, first being, uh, the spotter for them up in the booth, like you said, for you Albany football games, uh, starting off just doing home games, I think when I was a freshman in high school. And then once I became a sophomore, uh, started hitting the road or sophomore year, actually, I think was my first full season with them at home. And then junior year, I started going on the road with them to some games that they traveled to just on Saturdays. And uh, that's when I started doing basketball with them, uh, did some things with them on the side, just trying to you know help the broadcast on a little bit better, carry the equipment around, uh, do whatever I could to just help them out. And uh, you know, they've done some incredible things for, you know, myself and for you as well, Joe. And, uh, you know, they've been, you know, huge mentors, not only just inspirations, but also, you know, role models and, you know, trying to give us tips and, you know, do whatever they can to help us out. And, uh, you know, Zach has been one of my biggest mentors uh, in the sports broadcasting industry. Uh, someone I really looked up to and admired. And uh, he's, uh, you know, obviously done great for himself, you know, uh, he'll touch on his story in the interview, so we won't ruin really any of it, but, uh, to get to where he is from where he was has been absolutely incredible. And, uh, man, he deserves it. Cause he is put in the work. He's a great guy. And, uh, it was awesome to uh, get the opportunity to sit down and talk to him for a little bit and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about his journey. Yeah. Real quick, Jay. I mean, all, all great points. And I'm not, not quite ready to send it to this interview yet. In all honesty, um, he, he's a very busy guy. So, Obviously, we're we're thankful that he was able to take the time out of his day to to meet with us. And you know, if we had, we could have kept going and going and going. But you know, he's he's a busy guy. And a couple of things we didn't get to touch on in the interview that I think are just so big for for who Zach is. And I feel like we have to mention them. Um, first off, his relationship with Joe Cremo through through Scotia Glenville when when Zach was commentating the games and Cremo was playing at U Albany. And I remember you and I were both kind of sitting there just thinking about how special it is. Two guys from this area came up through the concrete in, in Scotia, and now they're they're at the CEFQ together. And that's such a special thing. And also, um, second point, when when Zach was at the uh, the Peter Hooley buzzer beater, I remember the, what, what was it? Peter Hooley just shattered. Peter Hooley just broke. He just shattered. So he works for, I don't know. It's a great call. Find it on YouTube. But Roger and Zach. Yeah, and All time call. so many core memories around you, Albany, involve, involve Zach By. And 
he's it's so it's a great interview and um he, he has a, a mix of great messages and great stories and you know he didn't just come on and give us the corny messages of you know work hard and give no stories or just give straight up corny messages or just give us all stories with no meaning he let us see who he is as a person he's just a guy that's that's gotten great breaks i don't even want to call them breaks because that makes it sound like he's lucky he's gotten he's gotten great opportunities and he's Mm -hmm. just seized the hell out of them in all honesty yeah and and you know props to him for that but you know like you said they're not breaks and and he touches he touches a little bit on an interview where it wasn't luck you know i mean he put the work in he put the hours in he dedicated himself to his craft and, and doing what he had to do to get to where he is. And he deserves it. And he's, he's deserved all the success he's had. I'm sure he's going to have a lot more success. And, um, you know, like you said, Joe, we were lucky enough, you know, he, he came on and he said, I only got 20 minutes, but he gave us 30. Um, and you know, his son Owen came in and checked in with us for a little bit and, uh, was making some noise in the background, but you know, it, it really just shows, you know, kind of how busy Zach is. And, uh, you know, like you said, we were very lucky to have him on. Um, I would love to have him on in the future again, you know, if it's just for another 25, 30 minutes, or if we can really sit down and have a, a feature length interview with him. But, you know, anytime that we could get is great with him and, uh, you know, very appreciative of Zach and his time. And, uh, you know, it was an awesome interview. Like you said, hopefully we'll touch on it a little bit more in the future, but, you know, he's a very busy guy, you know, a lot going on out there in Denver and he's got, you know, now a young family, he's got another, you know, another child, a, a daughter coming, you know, in the near future as well. So, uh, for him to just take as much time as he did was uh, incredible and, uh, you know, very lucky to have him on. Yeah, with that being said, let's send it to the interview. Episode two guest, Zach By, Scotia Glenville and St. Rose grad, former 104.5, the team co-host, Andy Albany, athletics commentator, now co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3, the fan in Denver, Zach By. We welcome into the Pulaski Corner, a proud Scotia Glenville High School and St. Rose grad, as well as former UAlbany football and men's basketball color commentator and current co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan in Denver, Zach Bai. Zach, thanks for joining Joey and I. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be here with you guys. Good to see both of your faces. Uh, I saw those faces for the first time when you guys were probably like, I don't know, nine or something like that or 10 or something. Uh, so it's good to be here with you guys. Yeah, Zach. So you're a very fitting guest for our show, you know, with, with how proudly you claim Scotia in the capital region. So first question for you, when did that really start happening for you? When did you start so proudly representing Scotia in the, uh, the Albany area? Well, I think that it, it's just like a natural, it's not like I don't like try to do it. I think it's something that just is very natural to me. Like I'm a very like pr- prideful person, not in where you wanted to get you in trouble. Like, you know, foolish pride, but, you know, being proud to, you know, what you're a part of, the things that you're a part of. Um, You know, I grew up wanting to be a Scotia basketball player. Like I didn't, I didn't, my dream wasn't to like make it to the NBA. I was like going to the varsity games and, you know, my heroes um, who didn't even know I existed, you know, had, you know, tartans across their chest. And that's like the cool thing when you're, you're, you play for your hometown team. That's the only time in life that you're going to play with your neighbors. My college teammates are from all over the country, Brazil, Florida, New York city, New Jersey, California. Um, But all my kids I went to high school with my boys are, are still my friends today. Um, And even some that I don't talk to anymore. um, If I saw them, we would just pick right back up. So 
Uh, and that goes from, you know, uh, being a part of the basketball team at Scotia and St. Rose and, um, you know, UAlbany uh, for the six years that I was a voice there. I was so proud. Um, so anything that I really get involved with, like I'm wearing a Superbook hat. I did a deal with Superbook. So I rep their stuff. I'm I, like, I, I am a part of that. So I, pretty much all the things that I get involved with, um, I end up being passionate about. So I think that's really where um, it comes from. Uh, so yeah, even here doing the radio in Denver, I still, um, you know, upstate New York is always going to be home. And um, the, my listeners um, feel some of that passion because I'll, anytime I have a chance to plug my hometown or my college or UAlbany, uh, I, I, I try to do that. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into the next question here. I know back when you were commentating, you know, for you, Albany football and basketball, you know, you were like the Scotia guy and everyone knew that you hailed from Scotia. So, you know, how tightly do you still, you know, keep ties to those capital region roots and, and how prevalent is that pride uh, still beaming from Scotia today? Oh yeah. I mean, it's always going to be there. You know, Scotia's a small place, but it's a special place and has a lot of connectivity to it. And, um, it, it's, it's different. It's, and I don't know if all towns are this way. Maybe they are. And I just walk in the shoes that I walked in. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's always going to be there. Um, I'm never, I'm never not going to be from Scotia like that. That's never going to change. So, but, but now, you know, time is moving and the sands of time shift and I haven't actually been back to Scotia, uh, in years. Uh, at this point. So, you know, when I come back, um, uh, it's Albany, it's Saratoga. Um, it there's, cause my mom doesn't live there anymore. Uh, uh, my brother doesn't live there. My sister doesn't live there. So, um, the last time I was back is when they were gracious enough to put me in their, the, their hall of fame there in 2018, I think it was. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, but it, even though it's been years, it's always kind of like near and dear, uh, still. Yeah, Zach. So I want to get into your uh, your college career a little bit here now. Um, so I was reading your your 2009-2010 St. Rose bio. I want to read this word for word here for you. I'm not sure how uh, how familiar you are with this part of the web existing, but it says host of the Golden Knights athletic show that is aired as a webcast would like to be a radio broadcaster following his graduation from St. Rose. So when did your love for broadcasting develop and how did you work that into such a busy schedule being an NCAA athlete? too? man, great. First of all, great question. Great point. Um, so my, my, uh, my passion for broadcasting, it wasn't like anything to do with television. It was a complete opposite. I grew up for about like a 10 year period of my life, me and my brother, not having a television in our home. So I grew up like a 1950s kid. Uh, everyone was watching, you know, whether Simpsons or South Park or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I wasn't doing any of that. I didn't have a TV. So uh, it's very unusual. My mom was very uh, like hardcore uh, Christian um, and um, didn't think it was going to bring enough to the table that it, then it would take away. So um, if I wanted to be like stimulated by, you know, um, uh, a medium of, you know, entertainment, it was I couldn't flip on the TV. So it's radio. So I grew up listening to John Sterling and Michael K call Yankee games. This is before Michael K got the job for yes. They were doing it on the radio before Susan Waldman. And um, I would, uh, I would listen to those games. I would listen to political talk, uh, Rush Limbaugh or late night uh, UFO talk, you know, coast to coast AM. Like I was listening to stuff like I did not grow up like everyone else. So like I fell in love with sports talk radio 
Um, I remember I called Chris Myers calls NFL games for Fox. He had a radio show. I remember calling his radio show. I was like 14 years old. I remember calling the Jim Rome show when I was uh, 16, 17. I always just love radio. And so um, when I went to college, I was being recruited. Um, and there was a school, Division II school in Charlotte named Pfeiffer. And they were offering me a, a scholarship. And they flew me down there on a trip, on a visit. And um, they showed me their campus radio studio. And they said, if you come to Pfeiffer, you can have your own campus radio show. And I was like, like, whoa, this is amazing. So I went back to St. Rose and they were recruiting me. And I said, hey, Pfeiffer said that they have a campus radio station. And St. Rose said, so do we. And we're building a state of the art one. By the time you get here, it'll be done. And you can try out for the Golden Knight Athletic Show because the senior who is doing it is graduating. So it's going to be open. There's going to be open tryout and you'll have an inside track. We're not going to give it to you. You're going to have to go earn it. And I was like, I like that. So um, I went to St. Rose and I, I got involved in the Golden Knight Athletics. And so by the time that I graduated college, I had already had a hundred reps behind a mic. What an incredible advantage. Um, so yeah, that was um, kind of where things started and where things started to like blossom. Yeah. So looking back on it, do you think you kind of manifested, you know, being a radio broadcaster or do you think kind of just lucked out? And then second part of that, if you had to look back to your 2009 St. Rose self, what are you telling him? Um, uh, definitely didn't luck out into anything. I mean, it took me 10 years. Think about this. It took me 10 years to get my first full-time job. There was no luck involved, actually. So I have this shirt on right now. This is a crazy coincidence. This is from Mark Schlereth, uh, who does our morning show calls games for uh, Fox. He works for, um, or he does our morning show. Says luck has the smell of perspiration. It's not like you know, the old quote, like all oh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Like I busted my ass, you know, for, for a decade and made very little money and made a lot of sacrifices. And, you know, it was, you know, I, I never said, Oh, I'm going to bail. Cause I'm going to go, you know, work X, Y, Z job so I can buy a car and get a nicer apartment. Like, that was never my focus. It was always work as hard as I possibly can. Anyone who I work with, I want their lasting impression to be that I was always prepared and how hard I worked. Um, so, yeah. And then, oh, the, if I were to talk to my 2009 uh, self, um, ooh, um, I wouldn't change anything about any professional route. I probably would have try to maybe encourage myself to settle down a little bit, uh, just in lifestyle. Uh, I was in the fast lane for a good, uh, good bit there. Um, some of that stuff does a toll, you know, on your body. So I, I would, I would, I would probably, I'd probably say, tell myself, Hey, maybe, you know, stay it's Tuesday, maybe stay in <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> so, uh, I want to know, Zach, you, you were lucky enough to spend time playing for a local basketball legend and coach Brian Bury. So talk a little bit about those experiences, any lessons that you may have gained from him either on the court or off. And what was it like just getting to be a part of his program? Uh, Coach Bury was, is, and is today uh, amazing. Um, I think of Coach Bury probably once a week in the morning, really early in the morning, because he'll, he would always say the toughest part of the day is putting two feet on the ground, getting out of bed and putting two feet on the ground and standing up said after that it gets easier you know because there's there there will be a temptation to you know stay in bed or whatever and, and it's really like a you know it's a uh it's a work ethic you know old 
piece of advice, but just get out of bed. You know what I mean? Just, 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 just get it rolling. Put your two feet on the ground. It'll get easier. Um, but, uh, you know, what, something that Beery used to always say, um, it was like his answer for like a million different things that could happen. He would say, communicate and adjust. And in life, I think I think of that pretty regularly as well. It's like so often we can solve whatever problem that we're having by communicating and then adjust. And so I, I, I think it goes less from, you know, a basketball standpoint. I, I mean, I remember, you know, him like installing, you know, blue, which was like our press or, you know, whatever. Like I remember a lot of that stuff. I also remember him saying, and I, I'll never forget this. He said, I should be able to watch practice with my eyes closed and know exactly what's going on and know exactly where everyone is. Cause that's how much you're communicating with one another. Um, so those are some of the things lasting, um, impressions, uh, from, from coach Beery. So I, I want to get into your, your Albany career a little bit here, your, uh, your broadcasting career. So first off coming from Scotia and St. Rose, did, did you want to stay in Albany or did it kind of, did you kind of just luck out and you just ended up staying, uh, staying local? Yeah, I lucked out. Um, you know, in a way, uh, if there was a, there was a step before getting lucky. Um, and this is how this usually works, right? Like, so I graduate St. Rose. Um, it's in the height of the um, recession, right? Everyone at that time was not getting jobs. And it's hard enough to get a job in media in the first place, right? Like to have someone pay you. There's a guy, there's a guy uh, out here who's retired now, um, has been retired for many years. Uh, but he used to have this phrase, he used to say, anyone can do this job. The trick is to get paid to do it. And um, the year I graduated, there was no work for me. So I, uh, I went back to St. Rose and knew that they, we, we had a, a broadcaster that would broadcast our games. And I graduated, but there was just one guy. His name was Chad. And um, I went to the um, athletic department and I asked to work for free, work the home games with Chad. So I jumped on color and I worked that way for free, which was kind of humbling, right? Because I just graduated. I'm a player. Now I'm coming back into the same gym I was just in, in my St. Rose polo. And, you know, a lot of my teammates are still right there playing that were younger than me. And um, I called the games for free. And, uh, and then the next year, the guy that had the color job at Albany had to get out of the business. It just wasn't working for me. He had to move back to like Syracuse and, or something like that. And he moved and I had interned the year, two years prior with Roger Weiland, who is the play-by-play. He'd been there forever. He's still there, right? You guys know all about Roger. And I had made a good enough impression on Roger as an intern. And he knew that I was calling the game. So I had some experience, but had I not, worked for free that previous year for St. Rose, I don't even have a single qualification to be in the position to accept that job. And, um, you know, um, Brian DePasco, who was the sports information director at the time, he hired me because Roger, you know, has a heavy influence of who he's going to work with. Right. So, um, but had I not done the right thing the previous year with no reward, nothing coming back to me, it besides experience, I would that that door would not have been opened the, the following year uh, at U Albany. Yeah, let's jump down there a little bit. You talk about Roger Weiland. Um, you know, you were there for so long working at U Albany with him. Just talk about how that experience kind of evolved with him really over time. Uh, irreplaceable is the one word I would use to describe it. Um, it was a big, big deal. Even if I look back, it's still such a big deal. I got that job when I was 24. 
I was 24. There's 350 division one universities in the country. And I was the voice for one of them, football, basketball, like that's, that's where you want to be. Right. So, um, it was so valuable and Roger taught me so much, both about the business and other stuff, like other offshoot stuff, like, Hey, look for this. Like you gotta be keeping an eye out for this. Like, so I learned so much from Roger and having Roger in my corner is really the reason why I ended up in Denver. Like he totally empowered me. He believed in me. Um, you know, he could rely on me and my work ethic and just being even responsible. Like, you got to get the radio equipment to every place that you're at. Like he knew that that was going to happen with me. Like he knew that I was going to come in prepared. So I kept on getting opportunities that turned into a job at the radio station as well. And so I owe so much to Roger. We, Roger and I called over 350 division one sporting events together. That is insane. We flew all over the country together. We called games at Kentucky and Syracuse and UNLV and George Mason and Maryland. And the list goes on and on and on. And I was getting paid to be there. Um, so, uh, and plus at the time, like I was making no money. I was, because I had to be gone. Like I, you can't work a full-time job and say, Hey, uh, Wednesday and Thursday next week, I, I can't be here. Oh, then like the following Tuesday, I can't be here. Then like the following Friday, when you work that job and you're traveling, especially non-conference for basketball, football, it's, it's a lot. So I had to work part-time jobs that were flexible. So I was, man, I was a substitute teacher. You know, I was, I was going into schools, you know, making 60, 70 bucks a day so I could be on the radio at night. I was stocking shelves in grocery stores with my buddy's father so I could, you know, make 50 bucks and, you know, get freed up and, and call a game. So when I, you know, slowly you Albany would give me a little bit more money. And um, it was just great, man. I look back at it and I could talk about it for two hours, really, um, because Roger's just the best. And in fact, I just, yesterday was his birthday. So I called him and we spoke and um, I, I'll, I, I'll always be indebted uh, to Roger. And the demo that I got hired off here in Denver was a, a, a segment about Odell Beckham Jr. But I was solo and Roger didn't have an ego with me. Like this business is so competitive. Guys can, you know, get to territorial and things like that. Like Roger was off that day. And I said, can I go solo? And he, he's like, yeah, go for it. Um, some guys would say, no, I want you with a, a co-host. Like it's going to be all about you. Like you're going to be you know, out there, like, you know, whatever. And, and because he allowed me to go solo, um, then I, that was the segment that I got hired on. Awesome. So awesome stories that we'll have to get to another time, obviously. So one thing I did want to touch on is um, back a few months ago, back in March, Barrett Sports Media posted a tremendous interview story that they had with you, where they really touched on the two week span where you went from working those long days that you briefly touched on to being highly sought after two of the largest sports radio markets in the country in Denver and Seattle. So I mean, you, you talk about those times where you did not know if you were going to make it and those long hours and the grind and, you know, working part time. What was that time like for you where all of a sudden you're like the hottest commodity on the market and you have, you know, two tremendous options to go to Denver or Seattle? Well, it didn't feel real. You know, I, I just mentioned I had worked for 10 years. I didn't have one job offer outside the market. Um, it it uh, even to this day, when I tell that story, like when I was telling that story to the uh, gentleman who wrote the story, Tyler, it, it, it still doesn't feel real. It doesn't doesn't feel real. You need the, you need so many factors to, to jump market 
without, bless you, Bubba. Um, I didn't have, never had an agent or anything like that. Like, uh, how, how was I going to pay for an agent? Like, I, I didn't know. And I wasn't going to pay for those subscribing services. I just thought if I just continue to do a great job, one of two things is going to happen. Someone outside the market is going to hire me or I'll be able to work in the market forever. And um, uh, when that demo that I was referencing gets, it, it gets sent to Denver, Denver really likes it, says, oh, there's a job opening in Seattle. He'd be perfect. He's my boss, my soon to be boss, Armin. He sends it to Seattle. Seattle says, this kid's good. They fly me out. Two weeks later, they offer me the job. I then get called by Denver and they're like, Armin said, uh, I think I made a mistake. The demo that I passed along to Seattle, he said, we got this job opening with Brandon Stokely. We've listened to 200 demos, 200. And they said, none of these guys, I don't think are as good as you. And uh, he said, I know who you are as a person. And I said, I think I made a mistake. I think that you should fly to Denver like tomorrow. And I'm like, like, I, you know, I got the Seattle offer. I was in tears. I'm like, I can't believe this is true. I was going to go work with John Clayton, who's a legend in our, our business. And um, it just didn't feel real. That was the way, that's the way I could summarize it. Even when I tell the story, just, you know, you need the right person to hear you and they have to believe in you. It's much like the recruiting process with a coach. Like they, you are their success. You're a reflection of their success. Whoever they hire is going to be a reflection of that person. So they need to believe in you. Just like a coach needs to believe in you and trust you to put you on the floor. Um, and finding that right person is so hard. And some people never find it. Maybe because they're not good enough to be found, but also maybe they just, much like the recruiting process, they just don't get seen or heard by the right person. And I got seen and heard by the right person. And it was most literally a dream come true. So what has that been like for you, both professionally and personally, where you go from Albany, a smaller market that has pretty much no major professional teams to going to Denver, where you have a major team in each sport, you have superstars now like Trevor Story, Nathan McKinnon, Nicole Jokic, Von Miller, et cetera, et cetera. So what has that been like for you, you know, building those relationships with those people, those players, those coaches, and, uh, you know, just getting, you know, the opportunity to dive headfirst into such a tremendous sports, you know, area. Yeah, it's really incredible. There's only 10 American cities that have all four pro sports and Denver's one of them. And um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a change of pace, right? Like you, you go from, you know, calling a, a, a college game, um, you know, uh, it's just different. It's not, it's not, it's not better or worse. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously most naturally you would want to be in a market with four pro sports, but um, it's just different. And I, it's been great. I mean, it's been great. Like capital G um, uh, a, uh, a guy who's turned into like legit friend of the show guy I text with is the, the, the team president of the Denver Nuggets. Like he's going to come into studio this week for the fourth time, uh, being able to interview Von Miller one-on-one -on -one in person, you know, being able to be uh, credentialed for the Nuggets and go to every single game for free, um, you know, being, um, you know, forming relationships where, you know, I'm in the, I'm in Peyton Manning's box for Monday Night Football. Like what, like how, how, how did, how did this happen? Um, so it's been incredible, man. I mean, that's the, that's the real answer. I mean, it's been flat out, uh, incredible over the top doesn't feel real um, and I'm, we're just so blessed and the fact that like we pay our bills here we moved into a, a house this spring and um, everything gets paid from the sports talk job 
Like as someone who worked four jobs at one time, all the time, like it just still doesn't feel real as I'm telling it to you guys. And I, I hope these words come not, they're not boastful words. They should be encouraging because you two and I had very similar resources. Like we didn't graduate from Syracuse, not a part of some major alumni network that can plug people into jobs and things like you have to go and earn it. And it can be earned. That's the key. It can be done. I'm living proof that it can be done. So I hope um, you guys look at me and not like I'm saying like, oh, you'll look up to me. No, I'm saying, look at the path that I did. I did it the hard way. I did it the long way. And it can be done. Yeah, Zach. So, uh, so next question I have for you here, you know, you've been through, through the highs and lows. You're one of, one of the, one of the guys in the industry that's seen both sides of it, whether it was, you know, in basketball going from being such a star at Hudson Valley and maybe being a little more of a role guy at St. Rose and then working four jobs in the broadcasting industry to now being out in Denver is, is what's your mentality been throughout the way is, you know, were you telling yourself different stuffs in the lows than versus the highs or have you kind of just kept the same mentality and what has it been throughout it? Yeah, it's, it's so it's, it's interesting, um, Joey, because I never looked at it as lows. I didn't have lows. It's, it's, it's only been highs. Like we, 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 we talk about like, you know, climbing this ladder of success. It's not about getting to the top of the ladder. If that's your mindset, then you're always going to be climbing and exhausting yourself. It's never going to be good enough. I loved calling games for you, Albany. I loved working at 104.5, the team with Roger in the morning. I, I didn't think of like, you know, oh, I have to do the substitute teaching and this is just sucks. No, I was like, you're gonna do the substitute teaching because you get to be on the radio. Like, it, so I enjoyed every step of the way. And the analogy that I'll make to you is like, when you go hiking, like the point of hiking is not being at the summit and taking a selfie. That's a benefit of the climb. You should enjoy the climb. That's why you're hiking. That's 95% of it. Your moment at the top with the selfie that you post on Instagram is that's the benefit. That's the added benefit. You should, you get into this line of work because you love it and you should enjoy it and learning the different parts of it. And, you know, when I was, um, I got brought on as a, initially as a board op. At, that was my technical job, uh, uh, job title. I was a board op for uh, 104.5, the team there in Albany. I learned a board. I got to learn a board. I got to learn Adobe Audition. I got to learn how to run games. And I was, you know, running ga Yankee games at night that people were listening to in the car. I was back there pushing the buttons. And that was a valuable experience. So I didn't look at it like... Um, I didn't look at it like, oh, I, I'm not where I want to be. Therefore, this sucks. No, it was all part of the process. And I went about it with a good spirit and, and a positive vibe, um, which I think is part of the reason I got more opportunities. Yeah, no, I love that analogy about, about the, the, the climb up the mountain. I like to think of, you know, the, the life's a dance kind of thing, just to enjoy where you're at. And the, 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 the end goal isn't, you know, hitting the peak and getting to the top and ending it. It's, you know, the journey along the way. The uh, last question I have for you here, is, um, you know, being an Albany guy, a Scotia guy, whenever you come back to the capital region, what's a couple of your favorite places in Albany, whether it be a restaurant or athletically or casual or anything else? Wow. What's your go to uh, one or two kind of places in Albany or Scotia? Well, it, it, it's it's definitely um, turned into Saratoga. Um, I love being in Saratoga. I love being at the racetrack. I was able to be there this summer when I was back for uh, one of my friends uh, wedding. Um 
it's not like a physical place. It's not like, you know, I have places that I love in Albany, uh, Delmonico's and, you know, um, uh, juniors there on Western Ave. And, you know, um, me, 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 my then girlfriend, now wife used to go there all the time. And, but it's more about seeing my boys. Like, it's like, okay, how can I see Rocco and Dan and, and, and figure out something to, to link up with Dags and see Roger and, you know, see some of my college teammates and, um, some of my just homies that from, from Scotia that I've known forever, um, that, uh, you know, those are the, those are, I don't, I'll go back and like, like want to like, you know, see the egg, you know what I mean? I want to see like my boys and, um, and, and that's what I usually try to accomplish. And one final question for you, for you here, Zach, we're going to do a, a little segment that we like to do with all of our guests that we're going to hopefully do for all of our interviewees It's a little uh, segment that we're going to call up to the minute. So we want to know what's going on in your life away from the microphone, away from the sports games. What are you doing? Any TV shows you're watching, podcasts, music you're listening to, books you might be reading. Take us take us a little bit behind the scenes about what's going on in Zach Fry's life right now. Okay, interesting. Um, uh, I would say, um, okay, uh, live appearances are back. Well, I guess it's part, that's part of my job, but it's a big part of my life right now because I get to do live appearances. It's another stream of income. So I'm able to be at sports bars for games, which is great. Get to meet a ton of listeners, and that's been great. Um, I got my three-year-old, who you just saw, who that takes a ton of my time. We're going to get ready to go to the park here uh, before I do my appearance uh, and, and do all swings and slides and stuff. Um, I, am, uh, I, have, I have a daughter on the way and uh, do it in late November. Um, I am, um, uh, in terms of stuff that I'm watching, oh my gosh, I'm just watching a ton of sports to be honest with you. Uh, Hey bud, bud, not now. Okay. Um, he's got a microphone. He's saying, go Owen, go Owen. He's rooting himself on. Um, uh, so just a lot of family stuff. Um, you know, going out to eat when we have time, we're watching, uh, the one, uh, uh, show that we're watching is, uh, Dr. Death, uh, uh, a, uh, a, a show that is also a podcast about a twisted doctor in real life that was just out of his mind and de- like ruining surgeries on purpose. Yeah. I heard Crazy. about that. Crazy. Yeah. And, uh, gosh, I got a Traeger grill. I did a deal with Traeger. <laughs> they sent me a free grill. So, um, it's like legit, like. I would never pay as much money as this girl costs, but I'm, I'm learning how to cook. So I'm cooking ribs for six hours and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So, um, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing like a a lot of stuff, like dad stuff, like adulting and dad stuff, doing stuff around the house. We got a new, a beautiful house here that we got a laundry list of things that needs to be done. So, um, it's about, you know, shifting focus to my son um, and just that process, if it's not about me anymore, um, and, uh, l- learning, like, I never thought I'd be like spending my Sundays, like cooking and like learning how to like do like recipes and stuff. And there, there I am, um, and trying to hang out with, uh, we have some friends from upstate New York that live here, uh, that I've been friends with forever, uh, who we like love to hang with. They were here yesterday for football. Um, so trying to squeeze in the social stuff in the mix with dad stuff in the mix with work stuff. Um, so that's, that's the, that's the long and short of it. That's a snapshot. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for giving us some of your very busy time. Uh, we'll be sure to stay in touch. Hopefully we'll get you back on here again sometime in the future. Um, and this has been the Zach by interview. So thanks again, Zach.
Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was good to see both of your faces. And I, uh, I'm, I'm rooting you on from afar. And um, let me know how I can ever help you boys. Awesome. Appreciate it, Thank Zach. You. Thank appreciate you. It, Zach. See you guys. Thank you for listening to that Zach by interview here on the Palatsky Corner. Um, Joey, alongside Jason Palatsky with you here to quickly wrap up this episode, uh, episode two. Yet another great interview, great episode here with you, Jay. And, uh, and also thank you to Zach for coming on. But um, Jay, I mean, so many great messages, so many great stories in that interview. One or two things that, you know, that stood out to you that you absolutely love from it. Go for it. What, what, do, what do you have? Yeah, just, I mean, lots of great messages from Zach, like you said, Joe, but it was really overall, I think, just awesome to hear about, you know, what it's taken to get to Denver and what he had to do in Albany to get to where he was. Um, and, you know, all the sacrifices that he has made, the work he's put in. Um, and I think it shows that, you know, good things happen to good people. Um, that's a lot. I've heard a lot about, you know, that with Zach. And I've, I've known that firsthand getting to work with him for, you know, the, the amount of time that I have. And, you know, he still supported me and supported us from afar. And, uh, you know, just some great stories was awesome to have him on. And, uh, man, you know, I, I'm just, you know, so excited just to see the growth that he's going to continue to have because, you know, over the last 10 years, he's he's grown so much professionally and personally as well. And I'm just so excited to see, you know, how much he just continues to trend upwards out there in Denver. Yeah, Jay, obviously he, he had so many great stories and it kind of stuck out to me. He came up in a, in a, in a house with, with no TV and how he got into sports radio and throughout his St. Rose days and all those and all that stuff. Two, two things stuck out to me here um, were, were quotes. Obviously his stories were great. And the journey he's had as a broadcaster and as a human being are, are amazing. But the, the, the two messages, not stories, the, the messages that really stood out to me were, first off, I have this word for word. I remember typing this out after the interview because how much it stuck out to me. I didn't look at it like I'm not where I want to be. Therefore, this sucks. It's all part of the process. I went about it with a good spirit and a positive vibe, which is why I believe I got more opportunities. That one really stuck out to me, obviously. with He said... He was stocking shelves and substitute teaching, and then he was going to games. And I was just thinking, with he being that busy and having all that to do, you know, how do you just show up to work? Or how do you show up to stocking shelves and substitute teaching and just like grind it out? And he's like, I don't even see it as a grind. I was just thinking how lucky I am to be able to go call the games later, and this is what I have to do. And it's such a great mindset to have. The guy's just an absolute grinder. And um, second second message that that he had that that stood out to me was um. I forget exactly what the context of it was, but I specifically remember him talking about the, you know, I forget what my question was, but he said that we, we imagine life like climbing the ladder to success and we should treat life like a hike. And in the hike, the, the journey is climbing the mountain and enjoying the hike with, with your people and the views you see and just enjoying every step of the hike. It's not about the selfie you post on Instagram and that 5% of the hike and, it's just nail on the head stuff from him. I mean, in, in all honesty, we could we could sit here and talk about this stuff for days, but it's it's great messages and it's it's just so clear that no one deserves what Zach's gotten more than him. Yeah, and and I think you know hopefully our, our listeners were able to hear that you know in the time that we had with him. Um, and like you said, Joe, he just gave some great messages. I think that that climbing and uh, the hike quote that he gave is one that's going to stick with me for a while as well, because, you know, every step, no matter what you do in life, you know, it's, it's all a journey and, you know, 
like we've heard from one of our favorite musicians in the past is, you know, happiness isn't the destination. It's the journey along the way. And, uh, you know, really just, you know, even being able to be grateful in the long hours and the, you know, 5 a.m., you know, stocking shelves shifts to, you know, substitute teaching in, in, you know, middle school. I mean, you know, to find the joy in all of that, you know, is incredible. And he's, he's really deserved all this success because, you know, he's put in the work, he's put in the time, not only for himself, but for, for those that, you know, matter to him and, and mean the most to him. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's no coincidence that Zach has had the success that he has had. Yeah, another great episode here on the Palazzi Corner and great special guest with Zach Bai. We appreciate his time and it's going to wrap it up here. Episode two of the Palazzi Corner, Joey Palazzi alongside my brother, Jason. Another great episode, another great interview, and we'll see you soon on episode three. Thanks for listening.